This isn't Grandma's radio show. We talk about slobber knocking fights. Grounded pal. Rear naked chokes. Plug your ears if you don't want to hear it. It's coming up next, another brand new episode of Sucker Radio. This is MMA fight music producer Mikey Ruckus, and you are listening to another edition of Sucker Radio with your host, Jeremy Brand. Be sure to catch all your mixed martial arts news and interviews and updates at www.mmasucker.com. I can't believe this could happen to me, plucked from obscurity or whatever I was working to be. But the opportunity presented itself, so I see the door was open. It's the breath of fresh air that I needed. Just an average dude, and now I've become a catalyst. Make connection between fighters and fans. Can you imagine it? I've learned to manage it. Analyst analysis, study the sport in every point because I'm passionate. I play the advocate and sometimes the antagonist. Building up the hype before a fight, this ain't by accident. In the world of mixed martial arts, I'm the evangelist spreading the news of MMA, the number one candidate. Calibrate levels of greatness as we collaborate. Mikey Ruckus, Jeremy Brand, as we reactivate. Brand creates the show for the fans, and it's magnanimous. Jury's out decision, and the yes, it's unanimous. It's the radio, it's the, it's the radio, sucker, sucker radio. It's the radio. It's the, it's the radio. What's up, Sucka, suckers? Sucka, We're back radio. here on MMASucker.com for Sucker Radio. Another episode upon you this week. We had a double outing this last weekend with the Tough 20 finale. Carla Esparza winning the straw weight gold. And then on Saturday night, we had UFC Fight Night, or UFC on Fox 13, actually. Junior DeSantos versus Stipe Miocic. A very, very tough fight. And uh, Junior DeSantos walking away with the judge's decision. The guy gets beaten up like crazy. His face gets battered. I don't know how much more damage this guy needs to take, but he still came away with the victory, so congrats to Junior DeSantos. Um, a lawsuit came to the UFC earlier this week, and one of my guests, my first guest actually, will be Ryan Jimmo, who has had a lot to say over social media um, over the past several days regarding not only this lawsuit but the UFC themselves. So I'll have him on the show in a few minutes here to chat about that. But I'll let you know who else is on the show. I have Desmond Green who will be fighting for the Featherweight Championship at Titan FC 32 this Friday night against Steven Seiler. And Justin Pirro will give us his unpopular opinions in between my two guests. So kicking things off right now, Ryan... The big deal, Jimmo, joining me right after this. Joining me now is one of Canada's most decorated light heavyweights. He is the former, former MFC champ and ties the record for fastest knockout in the UFC at 7 seconds. Please welcome the big deal, Ryan Jimmo to Sucker Radio. Ryan, man, thanks for joining me today. It's a pleasure to be here, man. Now, let's cut right to the chase. Over the past several days... You've had you've had what seems like a lot of animosity on Twitter. Um, I hit you up yesterday to get you on the show, so you could just give us more information on what what's been going on, and and basically tell us why all this animosity. Well, you, you know what? Um, I, I'm sure everyone's aware that the the, the lawsuit is, is is happening with the UFC, so. Um, I wouldn't call what I, I have animosity. I, I was a little bit angry about some of the seats that the UFC gave me. Um, that, but that was just kind of the straw that broke the camel's back, you know? So fighters have been getting not treated so well uh, on the financial front, 
on a personal front for some time. So, so many things have to change within the sport or it's going to implode on itself. And it's already starting to do that with lawsuits, you know, um, with what's happened with Nate Quarry and uh, Kung Lee as well as John Fitch. So, I'm looking at it as a, a long-term thing, not just for myself, um, but for younger fighters coming up. Like, you don't want the younger generation to get taken advantage of, you know, like, you know, a good portion of my generation get taken advantage of or, or get severely underpaid for something that you put years and years and years in of blood, sweat, and tears, you know. It's a dangerous job, and I just want to see an improved situation for, you know, all fighters all around the world, you know, and sometimes you just gotta like, you know, you know, bang a few puffs together to get some attention so that you can be heard. And then that's some of those tweets I did were for that. Yeah, for sure. Now you say, you know, blood, sweat, and tears. You've worked your entire career to get to the UFC. Yet I've seen people tweeting things like, so Ryan Jimmo's trying to get fired, right? What do you, what do you have to say to that? Yeah. yeah so, so uh... The, the thing that I think people are, are, are mistaken for is like, oh, you're not a company man. You don't want to be there. I do want to be in UFC. And the fact that I'm trying to make a little bit of noise about this, I think proves it more than someone who's just going to be in agreement. I want to see the situation for fighters improve. I want to see, um, I want the UFC to go on. I don't want this, this lawsuit to cripple them. I, I, but I do want some of the business practices in regards to the fighters and some of the pay structure, um, to change and, and 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 so I'm a company man in the fact that I want to see change for the better so everyone improves so everyone's in a better situation and it's hard to do that because I'll tell you what I've been getting a little bit of flack like why would you come on social media and say this why would you do this why would you do that why would you go and, and, and air your dirty laundry in public it's like we don't have a fighters union we don't have a players association there's no one to go and talk to to talk about these issues so our only course of our recourse is social media you know like i don't have Dana white's phone number i don't have a social uh a union head i can go talk to and go hey is this legit like what's going on here i have social Dana white's twitter channel i can talk to and contact them there and so we don't really have any other real recourse of communication of how to go about trying to garnish some sort of change if something's unfair so as a fighter in the sport in the ufc you don't have your boss's phone number no. Like Dana White? No. That's no. so interesting. So there's has the UFC contacted you at all about any of this stuff that's going on? Because I heard when the whole Reebok deal happened, Dana White personally contacted some of the fighters. Were you one of those fighters? No. No. How does the Reebok deal... Um, what do you think about the Reebok deal? How does it affect someone well, like yourself in the position that you're in? Like, you know what? Until we actually get numbers... It's absolutely impossible to say, you know? So th this is what I thought. I actually, I'm stealing this from another fighter. This was actually another fighter's idea. Um, so I, I can't claim uh, originality in this thought that I'm going to uh, talk about. But he said, you know, for so long, you know, they've kind of starved the fighters of sponsors. You know, put the tax on it. You can't, this guy can't sponsor that. This guy can't sponsor it here because it, you know, competes with, with ours. And so... Guys aren't getting very much for sponsorship. It's really hard to get sponsored with UFC unless you're like a, a main event guy, you know? So guys are going to get like, let's say if they're getting $5,000 a fight for with sponsors, okay? All of a sudden the Reebok deal comes by and it's like, well, here's 6000 And they're like, hey, I got a pay raise. 
but realistically, you should be getting 20000 You know what I mean? It's like they switched out feeding your bread scraps for a Snickers bar, but it's really just a Snickers bar, you know? <laughs> so, uh, you know, you also, so this is something I think needs to change. And another thing that's a little bit questionable about it is, I mean, in the past, um, and, and this is something that I just, I overall as an industry, it needs to change. Um, anytime there's any kind of chance to grab a little bit extra money, promotions tend to do it. So if, if, if things start going a little bit south for the company, you know, let's, let's say financially they're in a bit of a bind, uh, I'm not entirely trustworthy of them not taking the money out of that Reebok deal out of the fighters' pockets in order to, you know, keep the company going. And, and then the fighters are out in, out in the cold again. Do you worry about any repercussions to these comments that you've made? <laughs> um, that's a good question. You know, I, I, was, I was watching um, a video about um, fighter pay and stuff, and uh, he, the, I, I, I can't, even, I don't even know who, who, who the individual was that was doing it. He's a bearded guy, he's a journalist. I think he writes for SureDog. I'm not, I'm not entirely sure. Um, but he said, you know, if, if they want to make, if fighters want to make a change in their pay. A couple, of them, a couple of them have to kind of fall on their swords. You know, a couple of them really do have to fall on their swords. And I, I've been getting a little bit of this. Like, why should we listen to you? You're not a champion. I, I, I see myself right now as a middle of the pack guy. I've been injured a few times in the last couple of fights. But middle of the pack guy, I see myself, you know? And the things that affect, the, the bad things that overall with the Reebok deal and how little fighters get paid aren't affecting the top guys. They're affecting the middle to the, to the back of the pack, guys. You know, the, it's most severely anyway. So, I mean, I think it should be encouraged that more guys who aren't, you know, front of the pack, like middle of the pack guys, stand up and, and, and voice their opinion a little bit. Just because, I mean, it, it, in any other in any other job, if there was something that was completely like, you know what, this is not, just not kosher. You know, you could go talk to someone. That you could, you could, you could, you had some. Uh, course to take that it would could be corrected somehow and the company would be improved overall and, and there wouldn't be any damage you know you hope not unless something absolutely crazy went down we don't have that so i'm just hoping to, to to improve that situation improve the social infrastructure and improve the lives for all the fighters you know and realistically i think you improve the fighter the lives for all the fighters improve how happy they are and then all of a sudden the ufc and the brass don't get lawsuits for millions of dollars, you know, coming at them because they've kind of, you know, messed some guys over. Do you think that's what this lawsuit's about? It's not about the money, but it's about, you know, principle? Um, I think that's a good portion of it. I mean, the money would be like the details, so I think that's also part of it. You know, guys have gotten severely kind of raked over the coals with with money um, while, uh, you know, the brass are making money hands over fist, you know, like there's more than enough wealth in this sport to go around, you know, so guys who are fighting in the UFC don't have to like, you know, work at a coffee shop on the weekends just to keep their lights on and put food on the table for the family. You know, you go to any other sport on the highest level, NFL, you know, NHL, Major League Baseball, NBA, um, and that just simply doesn't happen. Guys who play in the NBA... If they have a second job, they do it because they like serving coffee, not because they need the money, you know? And so that's an important aspect to really look at and understand. These guys 
one time I was talking to a good friend of mine, um, and he said, you know what, I feel sorry for guys that fight in UFC. I said, why? He's like, right now I have a UFC fighter living in my basement. He fights in the UFC just so he can afford a piece of craft car. And he's like, it's dangerous work. You guys are really passionate about what you do. And you're so passionate that sometimes you um, forego potential health problems. You know, you're like, I've gotten broken bones before. Guys are tearing their knees out. Guys are getting broken bones in their face. They're getting, you know, it's very dangerous work. Okay. And if you look at the amount of money that it takes to train for a fight, the amount of money they're paying out to managers, agents, um, plus play taxes, most guys are barely making it by unless something substantial has happened in the career. I, I've, I've been lucky enough to do a couple of knockouts of the night, but even still, I mean, I, 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 I calculated my pay is like, I don't know, like 40 grand a year over the three years uh, off, off I did. But imagine if someone did a couple of knockouts of the night, you know? I mean, that's very bad pay. And, yeah. and especially for exceptionally, exceptionally hard, hard work, dangerous work. And, um, yeah. Yeah. That's like, I mean, I'm not sure if you heard it, but Brandon Schaub on the Joe Rogan on Joe's podcast a couple weeks back where Joe was, I guess he was, he was ripping him apart a little, but he was looking at it like he was a friend, you know, telling him that he, he's not an elite athlete in the sport. He needs to step away because, you know, there's brain trauma issues and, and things like that. And then Brendan went on to say things about how with this Reebok deal, he's already lost sponsors. He's already started to lose pay. Have you noticed anything like that happen? Uh, I haven't. Um, but uh, then again, I haven't, uh, I haven't fought yet. I've been in out, out for a little while. So I, I that's not as a, a visceral feeling for me right now. I have a couple other sponsors outside of the UFC that I'm pretty blessed to have. Um, so I haven't seen that personally, but I mean, I think the other organizations are going to be able to pick up that flack and fighters who are not fighting the UFC are going to be able to benefit from that. And you spoke about fighter union and and you think that that, do you think that's actually the way to go? And, and if so, how long do you think it'll actually take for that to become something visible? So, so the question you asked, you think that's the way, way it, has to, it should go. I, I, I don't know if I see any other recourse other than, than that. I mean, if, if there's a more plausible um, solution to our problem here, and, and the problem is fighters have no say, they have no, they have no kind of weight to kind of like voice their opinion. Um, and I, I'm 100% open to it, but I think that's kind of the only recourse. You need a player association or a union in order to, you know, validate and fight for our particular rights within a company that, you know, traditionally, historically, has not respected the, the fighters' rights. So I'm just hoping that all that improves and and it, it can move forward. I, I hope that this 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 uh, this lawsuit doesn't cripple the UFC and crush it, so they have to sell it and the phone doesn't take over it properly. You know, I hope this is what I really hope, and I might be a little bit idealistic that they come out okay from it. You know, they learn their lesson, they they treat fighters with a little more respect, and and give them a little bit of money because these guys deserve it. You know, and I'm not even talking about myself, you know, I, I, I kind of, you know, I, of course everyone wants more money, but it really for the next generation, for, you know, the guys who are not getting paid any money and have kids and, 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 you know, have to work second job to the lights on. That's what I'm, I'm speaking out for, you know? 
hopefully it, it, it gains some ground. If for some odd reason this uh, this stuff that you're saying right now, not only on this show but on social media that's happened, if for some reason this doesn't go your way and, and you're no longer with the organization, do you have a backup plan? Uh, yeah, so uh, of course I do. I mean, in, in that instance, you know, there are other there are other organizations, you know, who are paying just as well, if not better, than UFC. Um, UFC is obviously they're, they're the eight hundred pound gorilla in the room. You know, they're, they're the guys. You know, they they are the NHL. They are the big league. You know, and everyone wants to go there. Um, but but on top of that, I mean, I have some other stuff going on. I have I have my own radio show, MMA Fight Radio. Uh, you know, that's really taking off right now. Um, I have some acting opportunities that. I'm starting to dip my feet into. Um, I myself have some other stuff going. It, it, like if I had never fought, I, I would have other opportunities. I, I would I would do other things in my life. You know, um, I wouldn't work a nine to five job. You know, so I, I've been lucky enough to accrue some different skills within my life. But some guys, fighting is what they do. You know, fighting is what they do. So if there's not a little bit of money there. Um, in order to like start a business or, or invest in something or do something with to hold their family off and, and until they get something else going, you know, a lot of these guys are going to be left out in the cold on the bus stop, you know? Now, we haven't seen you inside the octagon since your uh, sort of freak loss to Ovin St. Brew up here in Vancouver in June. Uh, when do you expect to get back inside the cage or the octagon? <laughs> well, if I, if I get uh, all the brass UFC mad, then <laughs> probably never. But <laughs> but uh, I'm looking at the. I'm just about to be cleared for my arm uh, in the next few weeks, probably the next three or four weeks. So I'm looking at making a, a return um, in April. Uh, I was sort of looking at something a little earlier, but I've uh, I've got a part in a, in a in a TV series that might be pitched to a pretty big company. So a pretty big station. So I'm kind of looking and waiting on that, see what kind of commitment that's going to take, uh, as well as uh, I think my radio show is going to go um, to be a little more of a commitment. So I, I want to see how everything kind of works out before I commit to a fight. All right, Ryan, before we let you go here, just uh, the floor is yours. Uh, say what you need to say. Obviously, you said a hell of a lot in this short time that we spoke, but if you have anything else to say, now is the time. Yeah, so the, this is what I think. I, I, I think... You know, now is the time. You know, the ball's rolling. All the fighters out there. If you have something to say, don't be afraid to stand up and say it. You know, like, now is the time. You know, um, don't be afraid of the repercussions. I mean, what's the worst that's going to happen? You're not going to get paid $6,000. You know, you can do that and, and, and potentially get fired and then go fight somewhere else for maybe more. You know, maybe less. But what you can get from it is clean of just standing up and just bounding, you know, binding together a little bit so that we can improve the, the whole situation for all the fighters out there. I mean, and, and not just the fighters, the UFC will improve due to it. So that's what I got to say. If you, if, you, if you want to stand up and uh, kind of bind together and, and voice the opinions that you have that you've been so afraid to do in the past, uh, you know, feel free to do so. And, uh, you know, that's that. Ryan, here's Ryan Jimmo. Thanks a lot for joining me today, man. And and all the but all the best in in your fight for uh, everything you're fighting for. <laughs> all right, man. Thank you very much. He is Ryan Jimmo. I appreciate having him on the show and letting him voice his opinion. That stuff needs to be heard right now. Uh, people are obviously trashing him a little bit on social media, but good on him for letting 
people know what he has to say and what he thinks about the lawsuit, the players union, whatever you want to call it, um, that needs to be done. So thank you to Ryan Jimmo for joining me. Up next, Justin Pirro will give us his unpopular opinions. Hello again, everyone. It's me, Justin Pirro, back here for more unpopular opinions on MMASucka.com's own Sucka Radio. So, I'm going to start things off. Did you watch UFC on Fox 13? Did you see Nate Diaz get completely pwned? Yeah, you know, maybe if the guy wants to go around acting like he is king shit of Toilet Mountain or whatever, maybe he should show up on weight, learn to defend leg kicks, and not get completely outclassed in... Quite honestly, I'm amazed the judges didn't score that whole fight 30-24 for Dos Anjos. Because, I mean, you can make a case for all three of those rounds being 10-8. But Nate, if he, you know, if he wants to prove he's worth the money, that he deserves more money, then he's got to do something. You train with Gilbert Melendez, you train with Jake Shields, you train with two talented wrestlers. Nate, pick it up. Change your stance. Learn to wrestle. Learn to get up off your back. And maybe don't bite the hand that feeds you, because pretty soon you're probably going to be joining Ben Askren over in 1FC. Now, I'm sure as you saw here on MMASucka.com that uh, the Fighters Only World MMA Awards are coming up. And I just want to urge all of you, I beg of you, I plead of you, do not vote for Ariel Helwani. The guy is not doing the work of a Brent Brookhouse. He's not out there actually risking lawsuits and threats and getting stories. He's not the one getting his UFC access um, put at risk. You know, other acceptable votes also include Josh Gross, Loretta Hunt, but not Helwani. I'm sorry. He's a presenter. He's the Jeremy Clarkson of the UFC, except not nearly as funny. And probably doesn't drive anywhere near as cool a set of cars. But anyways, just don't vote for Helwani. Vote for somebody who actually goes out and does proper investigative journalism. Vote for someone who, as Robin Black said on the UG, doesn't peddle this parasitic gossip-based type of journalism. Go with somebody who can properly analyze. Vote for somebody who does investigations and who isn't employed by the UFC. And uh, next. So, I, I apparently missed it, but Showdown Joe, thank you very much for bringing that back to my attention, that uh, Cyborg, Chris Cyborg is saying that uh, She's going to kill the bantamweight experiment dead, and that if Ronda Rousey wants to fight her, she'll have to do it at a catchweight or at featherweight. Okay, so, MMA media, all media, everybody, please, I beg of you, stop asking them about each other. I know you're doing it because you're trying to drive hits, but come on. 
don't create a stupid Mayweather Pacquiao thing here. Just let it die. And if one of them keeps bringing it up, then we'll know who's desperate for the attention. I got a feeling it ain't Rousey. You know, think of other things to ask them. Ask Chris how it feels to be turning into a bikini model after she bashed people for getting by on their looks. Ask Rousey how close her mother is to hitting the next TMZ journalist she sees near her daughter with an Osoto Gary. You know, there's other questions you can ask. And there's other questions you should be asking. So stop with this! And finally, I want to talk about this class action lawsuit that's going on against the UFC. From what I'm seeing, they've got something of a case. And despite how staunchly anti-union the Fertitas and Dana White are, this might be a situation that leads to there being a fighter's union. You know, like a player's association. It's something that's going to need to come about. And let's be honest. Most companies that have unions have them for a reason. Professional sports has had unions come through simply because the owners have a bad habit of wanting to exploit the players for maximum gain. And yes, I don't think that Dana White and the Fertitas are above that. Now, don't get me wrong, not every union is a good union. Trust me, I know this. I've been in good ones, I've been in bad ones. But it's something that needs to happen. And it's something that's going to happen. Hell, Jamie Varner talked about it after he retired on the weekend. And he's got a good case. But, ideally, you want to get somebody who's good with the math. Somebody who can uh, help make the economics of it work. So if you want to have somebody head up a fighter's union, I say Rich Franklin. I would be totally fine with Rich Franklin heading a fighter's union. Now, the fighters aren't the only ones who should have a guild or union or association. Because quite honestly, <laughs> the writers need one too. I know Josh Gross was trying to get this in play a while back, a few years ago, and you know what? It's something that needs to come into practice. We need to act like more of a community, even if we are all in competition with each other. You don't think all those sports writers go out for drinks with each other? Yeah, they do. So... A MMA Writers Guild, an MMA Journalists Association, and I'm not saying I'm a journalist. I'm a pundit. I cannot be unbiased. It's, I'm not wired that way. I'm an opinionated asshole. <laughs> so, anyways, you catch my drift. You know, I'm like one of those guys you see on Sunday morning TV talking politics, except I do that for except I do it for MMA. But at any rate. At any rate, Fighters Union, Writers Guild, Journalists Guild, these should happen. And if you disagree with me, well, I think time may prove me right on this one. All right. Before we, before I send this back to Jeremy, I want to go and uh, 
give a shout out to one of our new sponsors on the site. I'm sure you've seen the pop-up ad for them at this point. That's right, FanDuel.com, One Week Fantasy Sports. Go check them out. It's like counter move for team sports. And now, if you got complaints, if you got grievances, I want to hear them. Hit me up on Twitter, at StormlandBrand. Hit me up on Facebook, facebook.com slash Stormland. Leave your comments, leave your vetching. Now, back to Jeremy. Justin Puro giving us his unpopular opinions as always. Those ones were a little rough, but oh well. Unpopular opinions as always. Thanks, Justin. I'll be joined by Desmond Green right after this, and following him, I will round out the show. My next guest will headline Titan FC 32 against Steven Seiler this Friday Night Live on CBS Sports Network. Please welcome Desmond Green to Sucker Radio. Desmond, thanks for joining me today, man. Hey, what's up, bro? Thanks for having me. How's it going? Pretty good. Now, I saw pictures of you online already starting to cut that weight. How, how's the weight cut going for you? Uh, it's going good. I'm going normal. I'm, uh, I'm actually a little bit ahead of pace uh, than I was last uh, fight, so uh, everything is positive. It's all good right now. Now, it must have been an, a, a nice surprise to find out that you were moved to the main event at Titan FC 32. When did you find out about that, and, and what went through your mind when you found out? Yeah, I was actually excited. Um, I, th- I thought I-, I thought it should be the main event. Um, you know, I-, I know a lot of people are looking forward to seeing uh, me and him go at it. Uh, I found out about maybe a week ago, I think, when I first posted it. Um, and uh, you know, I'm-, I'm I'm really excited. You know, it's just uh, I mean, just more exposure for me, more people getting to see me do my thing. Now. I don't think I've ever heard the story about your move from Bellator to Titan FC. You were released midway through the year from Bellator, which was a surprise because you had a winning record with the organization. Were you surprised by this? I mean, it was obviously their loss. Uh, yeah, I was definitely surprised. Um, it kind of came out of nowhere. And, uh, but, you know, it happened. It ended up being a blessing in disguise. So, uh, you know, um, shortly after I got released, uh, you know, Jeff uh, reached out. Uh, he was a great guy. You know, he's been helping me a lot thus far, but, uh, you know, he reached out and, uh, he actually hooked me up with, uh, you know, proper management and, uh, you know, uh, you know, he offered me a multi-fight contract with them and, uh, you know, a chance to stay active and, uh, you know, that's definitely what I wanted. So, um, you know, I'm actually happy with how things turned out. Yeah. So obviously you were on other organizations radar, even though you were released by this organization. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. as I said, you'll take on Steven Seiler in the main event. Are you the kind of fighter that looks at every fight as the biggest fight of your career, or or is this one truly the biggest fight of your career? Um, it seems like the way I'm the way I've been fighting every fight, uh, you know, is just getting more and more excited, more and more stakes at hand. Uh, you know, I think this one definitely is up there uh, with the ranking, especially with it being the title and me just coming off of a strong finish. I think if I make another statement like I did, you know, I could possibly be getting uh, some looks from, uh, you know, UFC. And uh, so it's going to be great. Uh, I definitely think this is going to be, you know, uh, definitely a big uh, fight for my career-wise, you know, just in in me maintaining the status I've built so far. So uh, I'm definitely going to be going out there and giving it all I got. Is that your ultimate goal then, to make it to the UFC? Yeah, definitely. You know, I think that's every fighter's goal. Um, 
you know, not a lot of people can get there. So, you know, I feel like I belong there and I will get there. And, uh, you know, this is just another stepping stone. Now, Siler hasn't hasn't made an appearance inside a cage since his last loss, which was under the UFC banner. That was in July, quite some time ago. Um, do you think his his being out of action for that long, ring rust might be a factor for him? Um, no, probably not. Uh, you know, he's uh, he's got a lot of fights. Uh, you know, I'm sure he's been he stayed active. Uh, you know, especially being in the UFC. So, uh, you know, he's, I'm sure he's gonna be ready. Uh, you know, he had more than enough time to. Uh, you know, rest his body up and get back to training and heal up. So, you know, I'm sure he'll be ready to go. Will Will the fact that this fight is in the main event um, put any added pressure on your shoulders? Uh, no, not at all. Uh, you know, this is actually going to be my third fight in a row where I was the main event on national TV. So I'm kind of getting used to it by now. No kidding. Now, your last outing was finished so quick. You showed out your, showed your knockout power, but... Didn't get to show the TV audience all of your skills. I know some fighters like to get say say they wish they got more time in the ring uh, when they go out there and they finish things quickly. Do you like that, or, or are you a kind of guy that likes to get in and out of there as quick as possible? No, I actually enjoy the fight game. Um, I wish I did have a little more time. You know, especially when me had just moved up to Montreal. Uh, you know, there's a couple things I just wanted to show everybody. Uh, you know, my developmental game. So. And hopefully, uh, Sider puts up a better fight, and uh, you know we could get uh, some good rounds in for our finishing. <laughs> so the new year is upon us very soon. Following this fight, it, it, it will be 2015. What are your goals for the next calendar year? Uh, just uh, you know, to increase. You know, do the same thing I did this year, but just uh, you know, more. You know, more fights. Uh, you know, reach better levels, and uh, you know, just keep on winning. You said that you made the move for your training camp. Uh, just explain to people what what's going on with with your new training camp. Um, really, just uh, you know, I moved up to TriStar uh, Montreal, and you know, I've been training with uh, you know under Faraz Zahavi. Uh, you know, I just getting good working with the team uh, TriStar. You know, uh, they're a great team. Uh, it's one of the best gyms um, in the MMA world. So uh, really, I just uh, been up there and hearing and everything that they have to give. So are you are you living in Montreal full time? Yeah, yeah, I moved up here about two months ago, and I've uh, been up there plugging away. Fellow Canadian now, gee, is nice. <laughs> now you've only been a professional MMA fighter since 2012, which is pretty crazy with the amount of fights under your belt uh what's the most important thing you've learned about the sport over the last two years not only inside the cage but also outside um inside the cage i think the most important thing i've learned is just preparation uh you know just uh being aware of everything um you know every position uh every style of fighting uh and then outside the cage um you know i was, I was a division one athlete so i kind of I'm used to the athlete, the athletic life. Uh, I don't know if I've necessarily learned anything outside of the cages. Fighting is real similar to wrestling, so uh, you know, I don't know if I necessarily uh, learned anything outside of the cage. But you know, definitely, I'm still learning a whole lot inside. Mentally, it's the same, yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's almost like exactly. wrestling may be a little bit more mentally tough. Uh, just because, you know, fighting, you fight once, uh, you know, usually once every three, four months. Uh, but with wrestling, you know, back in college, I was wrestling twice a week. And, you know, it's the same one-on-one, uh, three-round format. 
basically uh, it's a fight without using your hands and your legs. So, uh, yeah, it's definitely similar. Now, you're f- moving away from the fight, your Facebook name is not Desmond Green. Just explain, not only to our listeners, but to myself, what's going on with the Facebook name? Uh, Toon Winning. Uh, my nickname is Toon. That's what my boys call me. Uh, I love cartoons. Uh, you know, that's all I watch. And, uh, you know, since a kid, you know, I've just always been about the progress and, uh, you know, just the upcoming and the, the come up winning, being successful. So, you know, that's how I put those two together. <laughs> so you're still you're still into the cartoons? I mean, the, definitely the cartoons from this day and age aren't what they used to be. Oh, uh, yeah, no, I, I do. I, I, watch, uh, I watch cartoons still, you know, on a daily basis. Uh, you know, I like the new Ninja Turtles series they got out. Uh, you know, like you said, it's not, it's not, I watch a lot of the old ones. They got Netflix, so, you know, I can watch pretty much any cartoon I want. But, yeah, man, my, anytime I turn the TV on, nine times out of ten, uh, cartoons are coming on. Now, you said your nickname, your boys call you Toon, but your your nickname online and in the cage is The Predator. You have the dreads. Is that where the, the nickname came from? Yeah, that's not, uh, that Predator is my cage name. Uh... Yeah, uh, definitely from the dreads, you know, uh, I go out there and, uh, you know, I just attack, I, you know, I pounce on my prey, so, you know, I, I came up with the predator. You came up with it yourself? Yep. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, finally, before I let you go here, just give us a prediction on how you think this fight's going to play out. Obviously, Siler has the uh, experience in- inside the cage and whatnot, but how, in your mind... Do you visualize the fight playing out on Friday night? Um, I feel like I'm going to be able to go out there and have my way with him um, from the first second that that gate locks. Uh, you know, I feel like I could beat him in every position, and uh, you know, I definitely go out there and intend to uh, prove that and back those words up. Uh, you know, I'll be surprised if uh, he goes the last the four 25 minutes. Um, you know, I'm going to try to keep a pace up, and I'm really going to be working hard to finish him. He is Desmond Green. He'll take on Steven Seiler this Friday night in Massachusetts at Titan FC 32 live on CBS Sports Network. Thanks for joining me today, man. And how can people get a hold of you in the social media universe? All right, thanks. On uh, Facebook, my name is uh, Toon Winning, T-O-O-N, Winning, spelled without the G. And, uh, pre- and then uh, on Instagram and Twitter, uh, my name is Predator Toon, uh, P R E D. A-T-O-R, last Nintune, T-O-O-N. Desmond, all the best, man, and good luck this Friday night. All right, thanks, man. Thanks for having me. So good luck to Desmond Green this Friday night in the main event at Titan FC 32. Um, Good luck to Ryan Jimmo on all his fronts that he has been chatting about. Uh, It's a big deal, just like his nickname. And uh, thanks to Justin Pirot for his unpopular opinions. So without further ado, make sure you like MMA Sucka on Facebook. Check us out on Twitter at MMA Sucka. You can find me on Twitter at JeremyBrand604. Thank you to my sponsors, Onnit. Head on over to Onnit.com and use the coupon code MMASUCKA. That is right, MMA Sucka, for 10% off your entire supplement purchase. I'm on some Alpha Brain right now. I don't know if you can tell or not. But go buy yourself some Alpha Brain. It's some good stuff. That is it for this episode. Please join me next week for another fantastic episode of Sucker Radio here on MMASucker.com. With that, I'm out.